We're just going to talk and see what comes out. Everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute. Because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a bothering. I'm a bothering now. What's up, everybody? Tyra Vera here, the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world. Here with yet another episode of Unbothered by Tyra Vera. That's right, it's Unbothered by Tyra Vera. My co-host Snoopy Bijou is currently having a Whimsy's Alligator. Whimsy's Alligator is the never-to-be-sponsor of Unbothered by Tyra Vera, but we still give them a shout-out, and we still put our Amazon affiliates link for Whimsy's Alligators down below in the description box. If you need anything from Amazon, click that link. Get to shopping, maybe... I'll get a little bit of cheat day money. Who knows? I've been having a lot of cheat days lately, but I feel good and I haven't gotten to a weight that I don't like, which we all know I have body issues. So let's just be happy that I seem to be beating that one. I seem to be just being cool about what it is I am, where it is I am. Life is good. I'm going to be honest about that, but I also want to talk about a couple of things just because there are certain things that like I try to I try to stay positive you know I I don't let too many things get to me especially over the last six months eight months you know, you could say kind of the last year, maybe it's probably been 10 months since all the stuff went down here in the Vegas scene with me. And I, I don't think a lot of people understand that like a lot of what happened with me and the Vegas scene was me realizing that people that I thought were friends weren't actually friends. And I am probably a more loyal person than most people would imagine. And I do have a different standard of friendship and also a different standard of friendship that I offer in return. So that's why when certain things go down the way they go down, it really is kind of a violation of the golden rule for me because I'm usually like, yeah, that's not something I would ever do. That's not a way that I personally would treat people. So I don't expect people to treat me that way. You know, like when, let me make sure that's straight. Um, which we'll talk about my piercings later, but, uh, which I don't, I don't, <sighs> sorry, I'm just really trying to gather my thoughts because I don't want to say anything the wrong way. And I definitely don't want to attack anybody on this particular episode of unbothered. I know some people will look at certain things I say as an attack, and I've come to accept that no matter what I say, it's just not going to be right. But when I was, you know, when I had my whole situation with the trick situation and him trying to take one of my jokes, and I've been over that enough times, and I don't think it's something I have to talk about anymore, but I'll put the link up here if you guys want to check out that episode and see kind of where this all started, because that really was where this all started to go downhill as far as my relationship with the Las Vegas comedy scene or certain people on the Las Vegas comedy scene. And I know some people got mad because I do have a particular way that I look at things because the thing is, there's only so much you can take away from me because I am a very talented person. And that's not something I say that because I'm full of myself. It's something I say because I'm with me all the time and I know what it is I do. Everybody else knows what it is I do, too. That's why people will say, like, you know, unfair things about me. But two things no, nobody ever says about me. People don't say I'm a liar and people don't say that I'm not talented. Usually it goes, Ty is funny, but, you know, he might have been right in what he said. But because everybody thinks that I'm supposed to be nicer in the way that I say things, no matter what it is, I'm always supposed to be nicer about the way that I say it. No matter what you do to me, I'm always supposed to be the one that takes the high road. And in a sense, I do actually take the high road. That's what a lot of people don't pay attention to is that like in times that I've been vilified, I haven't necessarily been the one that's been in the wrong. So when I had my birthday the other night, which was really great. Butch got to go to bed, guys. Butch got to go to bed. So we're going to get this out of the way right the hell now. Right the hell now. Guys, I, I'm very honored to, to know this man up here on this stage with me right now. This man is Ty Rivera. 
And though you wasn't born today, we're still gonna sing the song, bitches. We're still gonna sing the song. So guys, on three, let's sing Ty a nice, hearty, happy birthday. You all know the words, right? Unless you're a Russian spy. Wait, so. I want Ty, anyone here, we are all excluded from unbothered episodes. Ooh. Ooh. Make sure you sign the guest book. Make sure you sign the guest book, everyone. I was here, Ty. I was here. That's right. That's I right. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, guys, on three. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Diamond. Happy birthday to you. A lot of friends showed up and I look at things that way. Like that's the way I really do look at things. But there were two particular people that got on my nerves and I called that out on Facebook. And I know some people think that I wasn't being very nice, but I'm not going to be very nice when it comes to that kind of thing. Moving forward, I might handle that differently. But during that exact moment, I felt like what I was doing was exactly the right thing to do. And I do still feel that way right now, because here's the thing. I showed up and I talked about this on another episode not too long ago, but I showed up at one point to a bar called The Free Zone, which is where a guy that I don't necessarily have to name him. You know, I'll also put that episode right here so you guys can check that out, that out if you want to and hear the story. And there I name names. But there's a guy that runs that show that doesn't like me. And so I was naive enough to think, that if somebody showed up to any spot I was at to mourn somebody that they considered to be cool and that they were friendly with, because as I've always said, me and the man that ended up passing, Cameron was his name, were not best of friends. We weren't always on the phone. We weren't always hanging out. It wasn't that kind of thing. I did like him. I did think he showed promise when it came to stand-up comedy. I thought he was just an all-around good guy after I got to know him better. At first, I didn't know him, and I've talked about that before, too. I talk about that in that same episode I just pointed out. So you can get the backstory on all of this if you want to. I just don't want to have to run back through it. But I showed up at this bar to mourn with the other comics, and that was considered an act of aggression. That was considered something that I shouldn't have done. To the point where the person that ran that show had told people that if it hadn't been that, he would have had me removed from that bar, which wouldn't have been possible anyway because I hadn't done anything wrong and I have connections at that bar, with that bar. And so especially if I'm not doing anything wrong, nobody's going to make sure that I have to leave that bar. That doesn't make sense at all. It's, it's trying to drag other people into your childish game. And so that happened. And that's something, like I said, I would never do. Like if a comic ever came to my mic, even if I didn't like them, and it was especially during a time like that, I would not give them any problems at all. To me, even if it's just for that day, there should be some sort of truce. There should be some sort of empathy, some sort of sympathy, some sort of, yeah, I get it. That's what you're here for. So keep in mind that that was considered an act of aggression that I showed up to mourn with the other comics. Like I said, I hadn't done anything, didn't even look at anybody sideways, nothing. So we get to my birthday and I decided to turn my mic, Ocha mic, um, on Thursday nights uh, into a birthday celebration because my birthday was on Friday. Ocha happens on Thursday. Usually we start at 10 and... No, usually we start at 11 and on this particular night we started at 9. So the way I saw it, it was the most appropriate because 
by the stroke of midnight, it would be my birthday. And so we'd be celebrating my birthday. And I like, there's this idea that everybody hates me. And it's really not that way at all on the Vegas comedy scene. Actually, a lot of people like me and I like a lot of people. The thing is, there's a few people that are louder than everybody else that talk about how much they don't like me all the time. And so that gives the illusion that just nobody likes me. So I decided to throw this party, which had nothing to do with proving anything. It was just the way I see it is I know when it's your birthday, people want to celebrate you in some way. And I'm not really about that because... And this isn't to sound conceited at all. This is just the reality of my life. I feel like people celebrate me all the time. I feel like people, you know, I get to perform on stage several nights out of the week. And so I get 100% attention, you know, for the times that I'm performing. And I get along really well with a lot of people. And so for me... I don't necessarily think that that's the most important thing that, you know, everybody celebrate me on my birthday. But if I can make it so my open mic will have more audience there than they usually would, if I can make it so the bar staff, the bar can make more money than they would usually make, and if I can make it so my friends who genuinely want to see me and want to wish me well can come out and say hi and see me and wish me well. It's a good excuse for all of that. And I really do love my friends. I'm just not the most social person in the world when it comes to everyday life. And that's just because I have so many things to do. And there is, you know, it just doesn't usually work out like that where I get to hang out with people as much as I'd like to. And so for me, this was just a culmination or could be a culmination of a lot of good things just happening all at one time and my birthday being the excuse for that to happen. So we get to these two particular comics, which I will name just because I don't want to dance around trying not to say names uh, throughout the entire episode. And also I feel like I'm cheating you guys at that point because you guys are trying to keep up with the story. So there's one comic named Gabe Choir, another comic by the name of Tanner Tuttle, And Tanner Tuttle, I've been friendly with, and we have several mutual friends during the shutdown. You know, we did an episode of Unbothered together when it was audio only. That's available here on YouTube, and I can put it right there. But, you know, I like Tanner, and I would during that time when he would come over, I would make food for us, and we were friends, and it was cool. And I don't know what happened in his head where he decided to be insulting with me on my birthday, which was a lightweight insulting. But rather than go with people's words, I go with people's intentions. And so if I know that you're not coming from a good place, then I, of course, am going to address that at some point. And so that's what happened with Tanner. And his thing was just, you know, I don't tell people my age, the number. But if you've ever listened to this podcast at all or you've ever watched me perform, you know that I'm clearly not sensitive about my age because I'll give you all of the generals so you can basically figure out what my age is except for down to the number. And I've talked about that before, but if you don't know why that is, it's because I think people assign way too much to your age, not only when it comes to like things like wisdom and life experience, but also when it comes to what it is your body's supposed to do at certain ages. It's an, it's a part of the reason that if you notice, if you've ever been around me, I don't really talk in depth about the vaccine with a lot of people, and that's because I am vaxxed and I plan to do an episode about that. And the reason I got vaxxed was because it was for work. It was just so that I could continue to work. And I know some of my friends were like, you know, well, I'll just continue to do whatever, whatever. And like kind of survivalist mentality where if they lose their jobs, they lose their jobs. And I was like, well, I'm not in a position to just not be able to work forever or even work indefinitely. So I got vaxxed and people will try to tell you, well, you know, this could happen to you if you get vaxxed. And I do feel like all of those things in your head can possibly make you 
make you sick is the way I feel about it, you know, just to be 100% honest, because I think there is a lot to our thoughts controlling our energy and our energy controlling our reality. And I think that that should be obvious by a lot of the tattoos I have. If you know anything about any of the tattoos I have, if you've ever paid attention or seen them, you'll notice there are certain things that I definitely do believe in when it comes to energy and physical and how that plays out in actual life. And, you know, I have a bunch of misunderstood symbols on my body. And that's something people have tried to talk about at different points. Like I have an all seeing eye on the back of my neck, which a lot of people think is an Illuminati thing. And believe me, I would have a lot more money if I were Illuminati. But the reason I have the all-seeing eye on the back of my neck is because the all-seeing eye is a symbol of enlightenment. And if you know anything about enlightenment, enlightenment, true enlightenment is acknowledging and accepting that you don't really know anything. And that's really the way I feel about a lot of things. Like even the reason I don't make videos all the time about my tattoos or I haven't made videos about my tattoos is because in a lot of cases, my tattoos, the meanings will change for why or what I think those tattoos mean or what they mean to me at different points in my life. Like this St. Peter's cross, it's an upside down cross. A lot of people think that's a satanic symbol and it can be used that way. But it is for me, I got it because it was St. Peter's cross and St. Peter It was actually, um, he's the one that denied Jesus Christ and not to get too much into religion. And I've told you guys, I'm not big on religion, but I do believe there are some things to be taken from stories from the Bible. And so anyway, the point is, um, St. Peter didn't think that he was good enough to die the same way that Jesus Christ did, which was by being crucified. And so he, you know, asked that he be crucified upside down. So that's the reason for the upside down cross. And originally I got that because I did, that did, that story did resonate with me in a particular way. And then as I began to think more about it and think more about the story of Peter, what happened was Peter did deny Jesus Christ. That is true. But at a point, Peter really turned it around and he became one of the biggest people to spread the gospel about Jesus Christ. So when you consider that that is, you know, the story and you know, if you look different places, you'll find different versions of the story because some people say that Peter couldn't have been asked to be crucified upside down because the Romans wouldn't have allowed that. Or there's some people that say that it just doesn't make sense. I mean, like I've read and seen a lot of things more seen than read because we all know I'm not a big reader, but I do watch a lot of things. And if it's not too long, I can read it. And so Um, I began to see it more as a lesson in why I should forgive even people that have denied me, done me wrong, betrayed me, you know, and that's something that I still do struggle with in certain instances, but it's something that I want to continue to strive to be better at because I do feel like these things will hurt you more than they hurt other people if you just continue to hold on to them. Like, yeah, you can flame somebody on the internet and you can really hurt their feelings. And I have and I do. But if you don't like the way you feel after it's done, then have you really hurt them more than you've hurt yourself? And should you hurt yourself at all to hurt them? Does that make sense that you should, that that's the way you should do it? You know, and so... That's something that I definitely did pick up from this most recent because what happened was Tanner tried to be insulting by saying my age on stage. And like I said, it wasn't the fact that he tried to say it. And this is the other thing when it comes to roasting, which I talked about this a bit on Facebook, the saying with like roasting and the origin of roasting is you only roast the ones you love. So if you look at old school roast, it was usually like Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, Uh, Sammy Davis Jr., you know, basically Rat Pack and then like some other people that they really liked and respected. And yeah, they were really said really shitty things about each other, you know, actual roast jokes. 
But because they were friends and because they were coming from a good place and a celebratory place, nobody got offended and everybody was just like, yeah, this is what it is. It's a roast. And so there were other comics that actually did do like their own roast jokes about me that I had no problem with because I knew that their intentions were good. And some of the stuff that was said about me was really funny and I had a good time with it. And I gave people hugs when they were getting off stage that were, you know, my friends and had done their fun you know, version of a roast joke about me. But it just the way he looked at me, like he was exposing me, like he was telling my age. And then on top of it, he didn't say the right age. So it's like you're not, you don't even know me as well as you're pretending to know me. And so that's what was insulting about it. Because it's like, you, I know you're trying to expose me right now and you didn't even give the right information. So for me, that was annoying. And like the fact that you would choose my birthday to do that, like, why don't you just sometime tell me you don't think I'm shit in a private circumstance? You have my number. You could have texted me that. Hey, I don't think shit of you, so I'm not showing up to your birthday or, you know, just at any point. I don't like you and I don't like a lot of the things you've done and said, so I don't stand by you. We're not friends anymore. Okay, cool. But you chose my birthday in front of all my friends to try to do that. Like, were you trying to embarrass me? Because all you did was embarrass yourself. Because since the room was full of people that liked and loved me and people that I like and love, nobody laughed at it. Nobody encouraged it. Everybody was just kind of, it just made the room awkward. So why would you show up to my birthday to just shit on me or try to shit on me and make the room awkward. That's something I would never do. For as much as people talk about what a terrible person I am, I would never show up to somebody's joyous event and try to kill the vibe or in any way insult the person that was being honored on that particular night. So even though people make it seem like I'm a monster all the time, that's not something I would do. So then we get to this guy named Gabe Choir, who Gabe Choir runs this open mic at a place that the guy that I mentioned earlier that doesn't like me, he technically is the person in charge of that open mic. So Gabe Choir hosted that person. Ian is his name. I don't care. I'm just going to say the name real quick because it makes more sense to say it at this point. Um, Ian is his name. And uh, he runs the show at a place called Noreen's, which is Ian's Sunday show. And I've never had a problem with Gabe, but I never thought he was funny either. And that's just something that I would have kept to myself had he never said anything to or about me. So it wasn't like I was just wanting to say this. It's just something that is true. Like I've just never found him funny a lot of people don't find him funny. It's not like it's just me. A lot of people on the, the Vegas comedy scene are nice to him because he runs that open mic or he hosts that open mic. But I've heard about him being shitty with a lot of people and I've always kept my mouth shut and I've always kept my judgment to myself even though I was always kind of like, he does seem a bit on the cocky side for no reason at all. To have such little talent... He does have a lot of ego and I never understood that. But also that's not for me to understand. And I didn't think it was the kind of thing that I really had to wrap my mind around. It's not something I paid attention to. There was one night I had to ask him to be quiet at the open mic at Wise Guys. And that's because as silly as it may sound, when I'm in the open mic, I usually do want to pay attention to the comedians that are on stage because there's the fact that sometimes I want comedians to go on the road with me and I would rather pick local and help out the people that are here locally because in spite of everything that's happened, I know that this scene is good. I know there's plenty of talent on this scene. And if I can pick people to help grow that are from my own scene, that's going to be beneficial to me because as I've said before, I don't plan to leave this scene. And I do want to not only be able to help the people that are really trying to get better, I also do want to work towards building a sense of community here in the Las Vegas comedy scene. Like, I do want people to feel like we have each other's backs. And yeah, there will be certain disagreements, certain arguments between different people. Hopefully, I'm involved in that less and less, and that's already started to happen. So it's not really a hopefully, it's just I'm going to be involved in that kind of stuff less and less, because the more that I 
cut people off and the more I establish boundaries, which may hurt certain certain people's feelings that I do establish these boundaries. And in the way that I establish them, the less I get fucked with. And sorry to use that language, but we all know how I talk. And that is my goal is just as few people as I can have bothering me, getting in my way. That's where I want it. Just you stay over there. I'll stay over here. We we don't have to cross paths at all if we don't want to. We don't have to be in each other's way. We don't have to be a factor for each other. And so anyway, this guy Gabe, not particularly funny. I did ask him to be quiet one night to keep it down. And I was very polite about it. It wasn't a flex in any way. It was just me politely asking him and another comedian to please keep it down because they were being loud and they were talking loud enough. And I plan to talk about this on a comedy tip Tuesday. But if the audience sees the comedians disrespecting the show and talking in the back of the room, then audiences feel like it's okay for them to start talking too. And then you end up with a situation where the comic on stage is getting paid no respect at all and everybody's taking time out of their day to show up at this open mic to do three minutes. You get three timed minutes and it's the same for everybody except for sometimes there'll be a couple headliners there. I've been, you know, the headliner before. But a lot of times I go to that mic to work things out in a different way or to try some new stuff. So three minutes is all I need. So I'm not feeling like, you know, when I go in, it's like, why don't they give me extra time? No, I'm fine with it the way it is. I'm fine to do. I just did the three minutes tonight, as a matter of fact, which, by the way, thank you to Cindy for making this shirt for me, having this shirt made for me. Um, Cindy, friend of the show, if you guys aren't familiar, um, for my birthday, had this shirt made. It says Tyra Vera, hashtag unbothered. And then on back it says, I'm a botherina. And I really love this shirt. I usually do hate getting gifts. I've told you guys that before. That's why I'm just like, hit my Venmo, hit my cash app. That's the way I usually like my gifts. Because then I can buy something I'm actually going to use or put that towards something I'm actually going to use instead of having something sitting around that I'm never going to use. Some thoughtless gift that you bought just because you want wanted to buy me something. It's also the reason I got this piercing was because Irma Ruiz had wanted to buy me a gift and I really didn't want anything. And she was insistent. I could tell either way she was going to get me a gift. She asked me who I go to for tattoos and said she wanted to get to get a tattoo, which I didn't even think anything about. And then she let me know later because I ended up getting a tattoo that day, which again, another misunderstood symbol, which I'll talk about at some point and I'll show the tattoo or maybe I'll even show it here. Who knows? But um, anyway, Irma wanted to get me something and I had just gotten my septum pierced, which is this nose piercing right here. If you guys aren't familiar with septum piercing, but um, I was like, you know, I got a piercing, I got a tattoo and I got them within a week of each other. And I was like, I I'm done with tattoos and piercing for right now or, you know, spending my money on tattoos and piercings right now. And then Irma said she wanted to get me a gift. And I was like, you know what? At first I told her that, you know, no. And then I, she was like, well, I'm going to figure out something, even if I just get you a gift card, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, in my head, like a gift card to wear because there aren't really a lot of places I like shopping outside of Armani Exchange. That's one place that I shop. But outside of that, you know, if you just buy me a gift card to something, then I'm going to buy myself some shit I don't need. Or I'm going to end up buying somebody else something, which is something I've done with other gift cards that I've been given. But um, one time my friend Renee gave me a gift card to like Marshalls or something like that. And I ended up buying a really nice bedspread for, well, you know, a whole bedding set. And so that was nice. But anyway... I digress. Um, so I ended up like, I was like, well, you know, I want a bridge piercing. So I hit Irma up and I was like, hey, if you really want to get me a gift, I'll tell you what you can get me. If you want, you can go with me to get it. Or if you want, I can just get it and then you can just give me the money for it. And so she said, yeah, do that. And I told her what it was ahead of time and I told her about what it would cost so she wouldn't be blindsided or anything like that. And so I ended up getting my bridge pierced, which was something, like I said, I wanted anyway, but I was just like, I'm done. It ended up... Not being a mistake at all, 
But I healing so many things at the same time is fucking exhausting. And I'm going to be honest about that because I've got a septum piercing that I'm healing. I've got a bridge piercing I'm healing. And then I had a tattoo that I'm healing, which the tattoo is almost fully healed now. But it's on my thigh, which is a hard place to kind of heal them because your pants rub against that or your shorts rub against that. And I have been spending as much time as possible without pants on, which not in a creepy way, but just here at home with bees, you know. Um, and like I said, it's almost completely healed and it's healing really well. So it's not like I've done a bad job of it, but anyway, so, um, so that's the thing, you know? Um, and so this guy, Gabe, right. Um, he goes up and he like, doesn't even make a good joke of it. He's just like, you know, I heard we're here to celebrate or everybody's going to be celebrating the best gay comic in the world. Everybody was saying they're going to be celebrating the best gay comic in the world, which I don't ever say I'm the best gay comic in the world. I am the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world. So if you want to make that kind of joke, then say it the right way each time because a joke like that relies on wording. If there's one thing I know how to do, it's roast jokes. And people know that about me, even though I refuse to do roast battle. Brian Moses from Roast Battle, the official roast battle, you know, one of the creators of Roast Battle. Technically, there's two creators. And one day, maybe we'll tell that story. Or maybe one time, Brian Moses will be here in town and I'll have him on to tell the story and how everything got started. And Kenny Lyons involved with the starting or, you know, the start of that. And my friend Rel Battle. And like, there's a whole history to Roast Battle. And remember, I used to go to the original Roast Battle in L.A. That's something I used to talk about on the old episodes of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. And so, you know, I know how to do roast jokes. I fed myself off of roast jokes. When I first moved to L.A., I was living in a Jeep Grand Cherokee and I was friends with, you know, I was a newer open micer and I was friends with a lot of the comics that had been around a while because they just took a liking to me right away because I was fun. And that's when the Friars Beverly Hills was still a thing. And Friars Beverly Hills was related, but in the end, not related to Friars New York. Like, that's a long story, too, that I know the history of and was around when Friars Beverly Hills was at its peak and was one of the comedians that was newer that they would actually put on that show. And Friars Beverly Hills, if I remember correctly, was the first show to actually put me on it and pay me like you know well the first show to ever put me on was a gay show in west hollywood called marks and they paid me ten dollars but friars beverly hills was the first show that was like noteworthy that put me on and i didn't even cash the check it was like fifty dollars and i could have used that fifty dollars but i felt like the check was more important just having it for posterity and so the check saved somewhere in a photo album that I don't know where it's at, but it's saved and it's, it's safe and it's good. And, uh, but yeah, so, um, since I knew the older comics or, you know, the more seasoned comics, I should say not necessarily older, but more seasoned comics. And even though I was new to town, since I was at Friars Beverly Hills all the time, cause it was just a great show, you know, that's back when, I mean, this is early two thousands and Brian Callen was just really coming up and Brett Ernst was coming up, but already kind of a big deal, you know, had already done Comedy Central a couple of times and just like every good comic you can think of, Ian Bag, like, you know, all of the good comics that were like truly up and coming at that time would do Friars Beverly Hills. And of course, they were getting paid more and in higher positions than I was at that time, because like I said, I was new. I was basically an open micer and was lucky to even be on those shows. And now I wouldn't feel that way because I'm not lucky to be anywhere. People are lucky to have me. But... When I was at that time, I knew my place very well, just like I know my place now, but I knew my place very well. And so I was very, very flattered that Friars Beverly Hills would have me on. And I was asked to do one of the roast after the show and I roasted everybody and they were so great about it. And the director of entertainment um, the talent director at Friars Beverly Hills, who ended up making me a, a official regular and gave me a card and everything. It was like a membership card. And it was so cool. Um, Friars Beverly Hills. I have that saved, too. I think with the check, like in the same sleeve or whatever. But um, I, I need to find my stuff. But um, 
yeah uh it like i was so good at roasting that he made it rain you know like he just like you know literally made it rain and it was friars bucks and the friars bucks were good for food and drink at friars of beverly hills and like i said at that time i was living in my jeep grand cherokee and making my way in la and trying to get up as many places as possible and so i every thursday i would go into friars and i would eat using the fryer fryers bucks because he made it rain and he there was like a lot i don't remember how much it was but it was like a lot and so i could spend 40 bucks each time i went in there just to feed myself and uh i remember when i first when he first made it rain you know i picked up all the money the fryers bucks and i tried to give it back to him and then he told me, he was like, let this be your first lesson from a person that actually knows this business and knows Hollywood. When somebody gives you money, you take it and you shut up. You don't um, uh, tell them that you don't deserve it or you don't give it back. And that's something I've carried with me. Like, And that's the way I feel when I offer somebody money for a gig or something like that. I feel like don't try to be cute and be like, you know, or try to be you know, have good manners or whatever. I offered it to you for a reason. It's not something that I can't afford. It's not something I can't do. And yes, you should be willing to take that. But anyway, um, so yeah, I'm good at roasting. And Brian Moses was trying to get me to do roast battle, just the regular one at Comedy Store. And there were a lot of people that challenged me to do roast battle at Comedy Store. But the thing was, all the people that challenged me weren't really my friends. And I didn't want to go to a coffee house and try to like write jokes about them and tell them my deepest, darkest secrets. And they tell me theirs. To me, that's all cheeseball shit. Like I like roast in the original way which is like you already know somebody, you're already friends with somebody and you take what you know about them and you make fun jokes about that. And at the end of the day, like I said, nobody's feelings are hurt. So it's not like I'm foreign to the way roasting works. It's not like I'm not capable of roasting, but it's just most people I don't feel are, are worth it or I know well enough in order to roast them. And so what happened was... Um, you know, uh, and like I said, also, I was asked, like, Brian Moses was telling me he wanted me to do the TV version, which is on Comedy Central. So if I'm not doing it on Comedy Central, which is obviously was going to be a credit for me. And that's literally what Brian told me. He was like, I'm trying to get you another credit. And I was like, I know. And I appreciate it. And I really did appreciate it. It's not like I'm acting like, you know, oh, I was too good for it. But it just wasn't going to be my thing. Because like I said, I didn't know these people. And I didn't want to go through that process of having to know them. And me doing superficial jokes about them and them doing superficial jokes about me. No, actually know me to roast me. And so um, so what happened was Gabe did some joke about like, you know, when it came to LGBT or the best gay comic, you know, best gay comic. We're here to celebrate the best gay comic. And I was like, wow, Tim Dillon's going to be here in this fucking goofy, ridiculous delivery, which... Girl, get a hold of yourself. Like, even I acknowledge Tim Dillon's greatness. Tim Dillon is fucking amazing, and he's a goddamn king. And that's what it is. And that's the way I feel about Tim Dillon. And that's the way, like, you know, I, I've, I've talked about how great Tim Dillon is before. But here's the thing. Me and Tim Dillon are actual friends, and Tim Dillon thinks I'm great, too. Like, that's why he's put me on his podcast twice. He doesn't usually have guests on his podcast. He's had me twice on his podcast. He gives me social media shout outs. He had me work with him, work for him at Stand Up Live the last time he was there, which was just him hooking me up. It was just 100% him hooking me up. And if you want to know the truth about it, and I don't think he would mind me saying this, he paid me on top of what the club paid me. And not only did he let me get the money that the club paid me, he paid me more than the club paid me by a lot. So for me, it's like you're trying to insult me by like talking to one, talking about one of my friends that I definitely do respect and that also respects me. 
and you didn't even put it in like a clever joke or something funny or something that went with what I actually say or what people were saying about me. And Tim Dillon doesn't really identify as an LGBTQ comedian like he's talked about that. He is gay, of course, but he doesn't identify as LGBTQ. And the reason I make the distinction is because if you listen to my set, I do talk enough about being gay and about the gay community and about my friends that are trans and just things that really do cover, you know, things that would be under the LGBTQ umbrella. And if you really want to know why I ended up going with uh, the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world, it was because originally all my marketing was geared towards being America's favorite fag. And then, <laughs> and I even have the domain. If you go to America's favorite fag.com, it'll take you to my website. And, uh, but then social media said, made that so that was hate speech and you weren't allowed to say it. So it completely ruined my marketing. So one day I was riffing and trying to think of what I was going to be, how I was going to, um, you know, announce myself. Cause you do have to have like your catchphrase or, you know, the way you identify on your YouTube channel. And when I was riffing and just trying to come up with it, that's when I came up with the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world. And so, you know, like keep up with the marketing, keep up with the theme if you're going to do that. And if you again, if you just want to tell me that you don't think I'm shit, you don't have to show up to my birthday to tell me you don't think I'm shit. If you think Tim Dillon's a better comedian, I'm fine with that. That doesn't bother me at all. Comedy is subjective and different people like different things and different people consider other people to be their favorite comedian. You know, like there's people that like Richard Pryor. There's other people that like George Carlin. There's people that like Dave Chappelle. There's other people that like Bill Burr there's people that think that either one of those names or any one of those names is better than the rest of the others and all of that's okay and all of that's good and nothing's insulting about that and so like for that to be a roast joke to me doesn't really hold water or make sense as a roast joke it's not particularly funny it's not like you went out of your way to come up with a punchline or do anything clever it was just you letting me know that you think tim dylan's a better comedian which like i said i don't have a problem with that even a little bit it's again your intention and the way you said it like it was going to be so insulting and like the whole audience was just sitting there like <laughs> He bombed for his entire set and he bombed that part of his set too. And so it's like, not even, not even at least if the audience had laughed, then I could have been like, oh, yeah, well that like, you know, but everybody took it the same way I did. It was like, who the fuck does this kid think he is? You know, like you, you've been bombing your whole set and then you're going to try to save yourself by roasting me. And so I called them out both publicly on Facebook and said that somebody should tell them that they should learn regular comedy before they try to roast people that are above their pay grade. And that's really the way I feel about it. You know, you're not on my level. You're not my peers. You're supposed to be roasted by your peers. You don't get roasted by people that you shit on. I mean, like I shit on any one of them any night of the week if they perform with me. I dare either one of them to follow me. It just wouldn't be good for either of them. And they both know that. But for some reason, even though I've been cool with both of them to the point where and I mentioned this on Facebook, too, when I saw them, I know that they probably have feelings about me or whatever. Like, that's something I knew, you know, even though me and Tanner were cool. I know that he, you know, harbors some kind of because with Tanner, I really know it is the kind of thing that he's envious of the fact that I get so much respect, even though supposedly nobody likes me. And I've said so many unpopular things. And I know there's a lot of people that that bothers them. You know, they are bothered by the fact that I still get a lot of respect and I still have people being really cool with me, even though I have said some really unpopular things about some people that are pretty popular on the scene but I'm a grown man I've been doing this for 19 years and I'm, I have a right to have some opinions especially with people that I've interacted with personally if you've tried to steal my joke and I say something about you that isn't the most pleasant or I said something about you that wasn't the most pleasant at the time maybe you shouldn't have tried to steal my joke and nobody should be standing up for that anyway I don't care if you don't turn on the person I don't care if you don't take my side but at the same time you shouldn't vilify me for like 
trying to make sure that somebody doesn't do something that we've all agreed you're not supposed to do anyway. You're not supposed to take people's jokes. When it came to his friends, they weren't supposed to try to gaslight me into thinking that that wasn't my joke. It's like everybody knows that's my joke. So I don't know how it is I ended up the bad guy in that situation, but I'm fine with that. I'll live with that. But at the same time, if I've been nice to you and you know nothing about that situation and you weren't personally involved in it and you're some fucking shitty open micer, stay the fuck out of my way and don't try to turn that into your battle because I'm going to hurt your fucking feelings, which is what I did. You know, like that's my whole thing is like treat me the way I treated you. So like I said, when they walked in, I already knew both of them had feelings about me. But to me, it's my birthday and you're as welcome there as anybody else. And there were two cakes there. Carla from Carla's Homemade Salsa fame, still on a break, but still she came out of retirement to, um, you know, to make me three jars of salsa so I'd be able to hold myself over while she's on her break. Maybe we'll see. It might be like ground Groundhog's Day. You know what I mean? I might finish that salsa and there might be more time for Carla not doing Carla's homemade salsa. And then I'll just have to get some on the sneak and not tell you guys about it. But maybe I'll finish those three jars and she'll be like, you know what? I'm ready to get back in. And then she'll be my sponsor again, which, you know. I still will give salsa, excuse me, I still will give Carla's homemade salsa shout outs because I do absolutely love that salsa, even though I have to eat less of it, but I still been eating it. But anyway, um, so Carla had um, brought a cake. It was a uh, um, red velvet bunt cake. And that was so delicious. I had plenty of cake that night, a lot of cake that night. And then Stephen Roberts, my good friend Stephen Roberts, had made a chocolate cake. And that was a homemade, Stephen Roberts made it. And it was so good and so sweet. And like next year, I'm going to have him make me that cake again if he's not working or too busy because Stephen Roberts is getting busier and busier all the time. And I love Stephen Roberts. And uh, yeah, so they made me cake. And I, you know, had offered a lot of people cake. But with um, Tanner and Gabe specifically, because I wanted to make sure that they knew I don't care what your feelings are about me or anything like that. You are welcomed at my party. I wanted to personally make sure that they knew. And this was before they went on stage or anything. I wanted to personally make sure that they knew they were welcomed at my party. So I specifically asked both of them, even though they were all the way at the back of the room. Cake was all the way in the front of the room. I was like, do you guys want some cake? Um, Gabe said that he did not want to want cake. And I was like, are you sure? I don't mind grabbing you some. And he was like, no, I'm cool. But thank you. Which, you know, he responded in a nice way. So I figured we were cool. And he'd always been cool to my face, you know, even though, like I said, I know he has feelings or I knew it. And then Tanner, I asked him if he wanted cake and he said, yes. And I said, okay, there's red velvet bun cake and there's chocolate cake. I was like, do you want either one of those or do you want both? And Tanner said he wanted both. I went over. I got him two big slices of both, you know, like two healthy slices of both and brought them all the way to his table. Went all the way to the front, all the way to the back, two slices of cake for Tanner Tuttle. So it wasn't like I was at all being shitty with them. So that's why I say treat me the way I treat you and not the way you think you should treat me according to what other people have told you that you're supposed to think about me. And so... When they each get on stage respectively and try to be shitty with me on my birthday, I'm in a tough position at that point because I'm not going to laugh if it's not funny. Like I said, if it's funny, I would have laughed with everybody else, but nobody laughed. And I was just another person not laughing. It wasn't like I was, you know, mad at the point at the at the point that it happened. I was just like, well, that doesn't seem like that should be the way that you can conduct yourself at a person's birthday that you specifically came to knowing that it was their birthday. And even if you didn't know before you came, which they did, everybody knew that it was my birthday. Um, but, you know, and they're not usually there. So it's almost like they came specifically to make a point and to do that, which, again, doesn't make sense to me because I wouldn't show up anywhere. I've told you guys before, I don't purposely show up places that people that I don't like or don't get along with are going to be. And I certainly wouldn't do that specifically on their birthday, a day where it's all about them. I'm not going to show up there. Why would I do that? That makes no sense at all. And so for me, it was like that feeling of, like, I don't know why they would do that, you know, and I thought to take the mic after they got off stage because, you know, 
AJ was hosting that night like he usually does, which I realized that that part was a mistake and not because AJ, AJ is great at hosting and did his job perfectly. You know, AJ, like I will tell you guys, honestly, AJ to me is a godsend when it comes to running that mic and what we're doing over there and he's perfect and but I feel like I should have at least hosted the first half just so my people could have seen me on stage a lot more and then I could have brought people up personally and live and learn that's what I'll do next year so it's not like something I truly regret but at the same time if I could do a do-over that's one thing I would do but since the show had already been set the way it was and AJ was hosting I wasn't gonna go take the mic and you know suddenly start roasting them or whatever shit on them which there was a part of me after they did what they did that I felt like doing that but I also was like I don't want to ruin the vibe of my own party so I was just going to completely let it go and I did let it go over the weekend and then on Monday we all go back to work on Monday girl <laughs> just playing but you know it is that kind of thinking like you know what I mean like okay Friday was my birthday I did the whole weekend you know went to because that's the reason that I didn't have my birthday party at a venue here in Vegas on Friday was because Friday I was going to go hang out with my family where I had more cake and um, ice cream and dinner with my family and that was great and perfect and exactly what I wanted me and Bijou spent the night over in Phoenix with my parents you know at my parents place which that was really nice and you know I knew they wanted me to spend the night originally it was supposed to be a turnaround trip and that's what I was going to do but my parents are getting older that's one of the reasons I wanted to be there because I don't know how many more birthdays I'm going to have with them and I don't mean that in a morbid way and I'm going to do my best not to completely fall apart when that happens but my parents I've talked to you guys about before they really are my best friends and so uh, there's nobody that I want to be with more on my actual birthday than my parents. Sometimes that's not possible, and sometimes in the future it might not be possible. But this one felt, for some reason, it felt important to me. So I wanted to be with my parents, and I went to go see them. And like I said, it was supposed to be a turnaround trip. And then my dad was like, you know, are you going to go ahead and spend the night? And I was like, no, I'm going to go ahead and go home. And he was like, well, you know, your mom made the bed upstairs for you and he was like I'd hate for it to go to waste and I was like well then you sleep in it and then him and my mom got a good laugh at that because you know like I said they're my best friends so they know how I am and we're <laughs> I'm shitty with them they're shitty with me too sometimes like when my mom uh got tired of me with plastic surgery and told me enough with that face and that's literally all she said it was the best it's one of my favorite memories of the way she was just like hey enough with that face <laughs> i guess i just like all right and then there was a time my niece told me um you know because i listened to my mom she said enough with that face it was enough with that face right and uh which i don't always listen to them but i did listen to her at that point she's probably right but uh one time my niece asked me, she was like, your face looks different. What did you do? And I was like, I haven't been doing anything lately. And she was like, it's probably what's different. <laughs> I was like this fucking asshole. But anyway, you know what I mean? Like people think I have all these secrets or this like, you know, like I don't I'm not aware of myself or what people think of me or anything like that. But God damn it, I am. And my family's the one that makes it so I am. You know, they're the most... You want to talk about roasting. Those motherfuckers will roast me every once in a while. But anyway, so I didn't want to ruin the vibe of my own birthday and, you know, make everybody feel awkward. So I just kept it to myself. And then, like I said, Saturday, Friday, I was all about my parents. Saturday, I went and did some shopping in Phoenix because there's some stuff there that I wanted to go to, some places that I like shopping. In particular, I like the Buffalo Exchange in that city. I like the Buffalo Exchange here in Las Vegas. If you're not familiar, it's a consignment store, sort of like a thrift store, but it's usually more high-end stuff, and the college kids usually sell their clothes. And so it's a lot of really good clothes at really, inexpensive prices and then I went to the Armani Exchange and Scottsdale Fashion Square which I like that one because I go to the one here in Caesars at the forum shops usually but on that particular day I was like let me see what they have because I was at the Caesars one not too long ago and I bought some pants and that's usually where I buy my pants and so I went to the one in Scottsdale Fashion Square and so I ended up buying some pants and that was great, you know, which I'm not a big shopper. That's just not my thing. But pants, I do always need pants. And so I bought some jeans 
And it was great, you know, and so that's what I did Saturday. And then I came home Saturday night and I can't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then another friend wanted to hang out with me like the next morning or whatever. Saturday night, I cleaned up my room. It's a mess again already. And it's only what? Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, it's Wednesday. And so, um, you know, I uh, and then Monday, I I let my emotions get the better of me and I was just like the nerve of these people I can't believe they showed up to my birthday specifically specifically to be rude with me to try to let me know they didn't think shit about me on my birthday so I was like, let me let them know that I don't think shit about them on social media because you can only get so many people in the room, but the internet is limitless. There's all kinds of people on the internet. There's all sorts of influential people that I personally know on the internet that even if they don't like, and by like, I mean click the like button on Facebook, the things that I say, they like the things I say. And so... Let me show you what it looks like when somebody gives you a shitty version of a roast, gives you your own medicine. Like I said, golden rule, do unto others as you would have done to, <laughs> done unto you. And that's the way I did them. You had done unto me the way you wanted to be done. And I was going to do you that favor. And I did it. And like I said, I don't regret it. And it was effective just in the way that. It really let them know. And then I dealt with Gabe in direct message. And I also sent Tanner a, um, a text message letting him know, like, based on talent, I should have never been friends with you anyway. So let's just keep it there. And I don't remember in exact quotes, but that's close enough in the way that it that's what it is. You know, I mean, like, it really is. Maybe I'll post the tweet or the not the tweet. The uh, it was a text message. Maybe I'll post it right here so you guys can read, or maybe right there. Who knows? But I'll post it maybe so that you guys can see exactly what I said. But that's the gist of it. I was just like, based on talent, I should have never been nice to you. So let's just keep it that way from this point forward. And with Gabe, when I let him know that I didn't think shit of him at first, he tried to explain the joke, and I was like, no, it's not like it went over my head. It wasn't a good joke. It wasn't well-written. It wasn't, you know, and I really did let him know, like, this is me making you look as inept as you are. This is me letting you know how unfunny you are, and I'm going to prove right here in this thread that this is another thing you won't be good at. So you can go back and forth with me if you want to on Facebook, but I'm only going to allow it for so long because one, it's my page. And two, I'm just going to keep making you look stupid every time you say something to me until I get tired and take it into direct message, which what I, which is eventually what I did where I'll really hurt your feelings because I let you know person to person. I don't think shit of you. It's one thing for me to do publicly, but when I jump in your DMS and I'm like, yeah, I really don't think anything of you. And then you try to act like a victim and you're like, well, I didn't know you thought this little of me. And it's like, well, you know, you never did have to know until you decided to try to shit on me and then it was like okay well I guess maybe I really should tell you the way I feel about you just so you never misunderstand what your place is in my life or in my thinking again that way you never think that you're in a position to even try to play with me that way I don't know you like that I never and it certainly wasn't advertised you guys all saw the poster. It didn't say anything about the roast of Ty Rivera. It was just come out and celebrate my birthday. If I wanted to have a roast, I'd have an actual dais. I'd have, you know, comics that I respect on the dais. I mean, like, and when I say comics that I respect, it doesn't even have to be big names. There's comics that I would choose that are on this scene that some people would consider either open micer or newer comic that I just like and respect and I would, you know, think that they'd be able to write some good roast jokes, especially with, I would give you time, you know, I'd let you know ahead of time, hey, we're going to do the roast of Ty Rivera, I would be honored if you would be on my dais, and I would write jokes about them probably in the moment, because that's the way I've done it any other time I've done a roast, like I said, I've done enough of them, you know, I've done, it's just, like I said, people I like, people I'm friends with, and other friends were 
on the dais and so you know on the dais on the dais on the dais but um yeah so um you know I mean like it's not something I'm opposed to and I have a sense of humor about myself but just like come from a good place like even if you know even if a comic had done a joke that bombed about me but I knew that they were really trying their best to give me a good roast joke, you know, to, and because you could flub them. Like, that's the thing about roast jokes. You have one, one chance, you know, it's just, it's a one shot deal. You got to either stick it or you don't, you know, you either stick the landing or you fall on your ass. And if you were coming from a good place and you fell on your ass, I still would be cool about it. I would be like, yeah, you know, you're my actual friend. I would, you know, stand up and applaud you and give you a hug on your way out, you know, or on your way off stage. But when I can tell that your intention is to be shitty and somebody like tried to mention a friend of mine that I actually do like tried to be like, well, I don't really see what's wrong with what they said. And it was like, one, you weren't there. And two, I'm not looking for anybody's permission or anybody's blessing to say the things that I say. I say what I say. I feel the way I feel. And that's all that it has to be. I don't need a second opinion on this. I don't need a second opinion as a grown man to go to other people and be like, do you think I should feel this way? No, I'll tell you how I fucking feel. I'm, I'm good at that part. Like I know what I feel inside. I know what I noticed in the room and talking to other people. And even the responses or the responses I got from Gabe choir, cause Tanner did not respond at all, which I, you know, I'm fine with, I'm fine with the fact that I just sent him that message and he just got to read the way I feel. And there was no rebuttal or anything I would imagine. Cause Tanner, like I said, we used to be friends and Tanner was raised well. And I think he knows that that was a classless thing to do. Even if his intentions, he would say were something different than I thought they were. I think he knows that that's a classless thing to do, or it was a classless thing to do, especially, like I said, as nice as I've been to him. Cause with Tanner, I've tried to offer him advice and comedy so that he can get better because he's just not good at stand-up he's just not and I told him one of the reasons I didn't think he was good you know well I didn't say it like that but I was like I told him a way that he could improve his stand-up and it really was coming from a good place because I wanted him to get better because he wanted to go on the road with me and right now Tanner on the road with me well now permanently it's like Tanner on the road with me is a hard no um not going to insult me and then I take you on the road. That's not that that builds low self-esteem when you hang out with people that don't actually like you and respect you. Um, I've said that before, you know, I don't have friends that bag on me or like try to be shitty with me in any way. That's not the kind of friends that I have. Friendship is about uplifting, which that's something I 100 percent stand behind. And that should tell people about my character and what it is I am because I hear things all the time that could hurt people's feelings and that could start shit between people because a lot of people do share a lot of things with me. I'm that kind of person. A lot of people think because I'm so free with saying the things that I say that they can be free with me and they're right. They can, you know, but I would never be a carrier pigeon of bad news. It's just not what I would do. You know, I would never go to another person and be like, hey, this person said this shitty thing about you and I just want you to know just so that I can ruin your day. I wouldn't do that. I always feel like unless somebody says they're going to kill somebody or something like that, then I feel like the person should know. But then I also think the person maybe should go to the authorities. Um, but, you know, I, I don't do that. I don't do that at all. Like I'm the kind of friend that will hit you up when I was sitting at a table full of people and everybody was talking about what a great set you have or you had. I'm that kind of friend, you know, that's, that's the friend I am. I'm the friend that wants to bring you good news. I'm the friend that wants to make you feel better about yourself. I'm the friend that wants to make you feel like there's some hope for you in what you're doing when maybe you feel hopeless or maybe you feel like you're at a low point. I'm the friend that if you hit me up and sincerely say that you're having a hard time, I'll do everything I can to try to make you feel better and remind you that everything's going to be okay. And this is just a tough spot right now. That's the friend I am. So if that's the friend I am and I just ask people to meet me at that same level, there's no way that you're going to convince me that I'm wrong for asking people to meet me at that same level. And there's no way you're going to shame me into thinking that I'm supposed to expect anything less. It's just not the way it's going to work out. 
And so, like I said, I appreciate it if people feel there was one guy that was jumping on that was like, you know, well, it just seems like you didn't have to write this post. Okay, well, then don't read the post or don't be on my page. And he tried to argue with me. And one, I don't know this guy. I don't know the last time he paid for a show. I don't know if he's ever paid for a show. But he seems to have a lot of opinions about things I say. And I don't say this just because he popped up on this one thread. But I even told him in the conversation, it seems like the only time I see you comment on my page is when you disagree with something I've said. So if you're never part of the support system, you don't get to be part of the constructive criticism. That to me doesn't make any sense at all. And he tried to like keep talking, keep posting, you know, keep commenting. And I told him next comment gets you blocked because he didn't want to let it go because that's all you have to do is just let it go. If you didn't like the post, keep scrolling. I see stuff on Facebook I don't like all day long and I just don't respond to it. So if you don't like it, just treat it accordingly. Keep scrolling. Keep it pushing. No problem. And if you do chime in, okay, I'll allow that. But once I tell you why it is, I'm, which I don't owe anybody an explanation for why I do anything on my social media. I don't owe anybody an explanation for why I do anything in my life. And neither do any of you. And that's the secret to all of this is that all of you have the free will to do what you want exactly the way I do. But also there could be consequences like when that guy jumped in trying to tell me what I should and should be talking about on my social media. That's when I was like, OK, well, let me just go ahead and block your ass now, because I already warned you that if you put up another comment, because he was really trying to go back and forth and we're not going to argue back and forth about what I do in my life. We're just not. If I'm trying to tell you what you should be doing with your life then I could understand you arguing because I have no business telling you what you should be doing in your life. But also, I'm not going to try to tell you what you should do in your life because I don't know what you should be doing in yours, just like you don't know what I should be doing in mine. We're two different people coming from two different experiences. So I'm not here to please you in that way. So I went ahead and just blocked his ass. And like I said, I made it very clear on my Facebook post that I don't plan to be around or deal with Tanner Tuttle or Gabe Choir again. It's just they're not the type of friends that I would want anything to do with or the type of acquaintances that I would want anything to do with. Like I said, when you show up to my party and I'm very welcoming of you and go out of my way to offer you cake and go out of my way to make sure that you feel welcomed and then you try to do something shitty with me, that's not something I'm going to put up with. And so I said it publicly. People are allowed to feel how they want to feel about it. I'm also allowed to not make people's feelings my problem. Thank you a lot for watching and stay unbothered. This has been Ty Rivera, the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world. Not the best gay comedian in the world. The absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world.